Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cannabis Question. My name is Scott. I'm your host. And today we are running another one of our daily seshes. Uh, before we jump in, I just want to give a shout out to all of the international listeners. Uh, thank you for lending me your ears. I truly appreciate it. I see you out there in France and Australia. So uh, this one's for you. But I digress. Today, we're going to talk about Mersine. And uh, depending on where you are uh, on the planet, depending on where you are in legality of marijuana, Mersine may be something you are very familiar with or maybe something you've never heard of. Mersine is a terpene. And if you haven't heard that word, uh, go back about one or two episodes. We did a little daily session on terpenes in general, and I'd say it's best to start there so you can get caught up to where we're at. But uh, just for a quick overview, Mersine is a terp, and a terpene is just another great name for an essential oil. You know, it's a, a type of fat or lipid that is often responsible for an organolepic or sort of a smell type of effect on the human body. So, you know, we can call almost any essential oil a terpene, but there are types of terpenes. You know, you dive in and you start to hear about the stages of terpenes and the different kinds. Myrcene is what they call a monoterpene. And to understand exactly what that means, we got to go one step back into a light version of chemistry. Terpenes, the essential oil category, are made up of sort of groups of molecules. You think like CO2 is sort of a grouping and H2O is another type of grouping. So terps are made up of what they call isoprene units. And isoprene units are the building blocks of essential oils of the volatile organic chemical category. You know, it's the breakdown of organisms and what organisms often produce these essential oils. Humans produce them and produce monoterps. Plants produce them. You know, it's a, it's a sign of life, if you want to think of it that way. And each isoprene unit is represented by the formula C5H8. Now that's about as deep as we're going to go as far as chemistry. It's a stable unit, that C5H8 molecule. And as you add them in, you get C5H8. You put two together, you get C10H16. Three together, C15H24. You can see what I'm doing, just adding unit on top of unit. And much like a Lego block, every time you add a unit on top of another one, it gets a little more complex. You know, things get a little more uh, nuanced. So here we have these isoprene unit Lego blocks. And when you have one, it's an isoprene unit. When you have two, it's called a monoterpene. So now we know that myrcene, at the very least, is two isoprene units. It would be two C5H8s, which means truly C10H16 would be a monoterp. And there can be other sort of components to it, you know, the arrangement changes. But for just the basic chemistry of it, at least we know something. There are things like other terps that go beyond monoterps. Uh, we have things like uh, if you have two units, it's a monoterp. If you have three units, it's called a sesquiterp or a sesquiterpene. And that's something we also find there's certain qualities in marijuana, certain essential oils that are sesquiterps. When you add another one, you go to four, it's called a diterpene. And then five would be called a sesterpene instead of a sesquiterpene, it's a sesterpene. And then you go to a triterpene and a tetraterpene. And, you know, it starts to get a little crazy. But where we are, we're just dealing with monoterps right now. And myrcene is a monoterp. Pinene is another terpene we find in there. And myrcene and pinene, you know, they're close to each other as far as their chemistry. It's important to know because pinene is one of the most commonly found terps in nature. And funny enough, myrcene is one of the most commonly found terps in cannabis. 
Dare I say, almost every strain of cannabis has some myrcene. There are some strains where myrcene makes up over 50% of the total terpene volume on the plant. So myrcene is kind of like the, the superstar in those strains. I actually, for a sample, and you can find this on uh, the Instagram for the cannabis question, it is at the cannabis question, so it's nice and easy to find. I'll have pictures up of exactly what I'm talking about. I have some labs here from some of the medical marijuana I've procured recently, and on one of them uh, is a concentrate. It is a live resin concentrate called PT Star Queen Number 12. Uh, it stands for Pootie Tang Star Queen Number 12 for all, all of you out there who need to know. And although we have a nice THC percent on it, we're looking at the terps. And right here, the dominant terpene by like a factor of four is myrcene at 6.5% of the actual chemistry of this product is myrcene. We also have limonene at 1.3%. And then the next terp, I think, is as low as 0.4, which means myrcene is amazingly dominant. But that's a concentrate, so we expect the numbers might go up a little bit as you, you know, concentrate things just like, you know, hard liquor is uh, higher numbers than beer. You know, it's not too surprising all the time. But I have here uh, an eighth of some amazing sativa flower uh, called Sour Willy. Uh, it's an eighth of that, and we have a myrcene content of just 0.2, which is massively different. You know, we go from... 6.5 to 0.2 just going from concentrate to flower you know that's a huge drop off and then as another good example i have a syringe of rso rick simpson oil it's one of the most potent forms of uh, cannabis you can find a full spectrum extract as they call it and it has no mercine 0.0 on the terpene analysis and so we have to ask ourselves how is it possible i can have none in the strongest product i own a crumb in some flour, which I know definitely gives great effects. And then I have what seems to be the king share of myrcene in one of my concentrates. And this isn't necessarily unique. I could probably pull another two or three concentrates down here and we'd see myrcene levels just across the board from 1% to 8% down as low as zero. You know, it's all over the place. So we have to ask ourselves if it can be almost any number, well, how important is myrcene? What's the purpose? You know, why do we, why am I doing a whole episode on just old myrcene? And there is a reason for it. Of all the smells, of all the terps you might find in cannabis, myrcene is one of the most important. It has a lot more to do with the effects you get than just the smell. Generally, you know, and I have myrcene in a jar before where it's just an isolated sort of single molecule terpene jar. And myrcene on its own, it don't smell like nothing special. It's generally just mildly relaxing, sort of like lavender-esque in its relaxation factoring. But, you know, it smells a little earthy, a little sweet, you know, because it was in a, a jar of like hyper concentration. It's a little almost alcoholic-y, um, sort of like when you smell vanilla extract. Sometimes you get like a note that's just very pungent. It kind of smells like alcohol or turpentine. And generally when you're smelling straight terps, it, you know, it kind of washes your nose so much it's hard to smell anything else after a while. But it didn't smell like cannabis per se. It didn't smell like a dank basement or crazy lemon. It was just a very light, sweet, earthy kind of smell. So nothing too impressive. So once again, you know, so what's the big deal with mercy? And it doesn't even smell that great. When we're thinking about how cannabis affects us, one of the biggest factors we need to consider, and I would say is often considered barely, if at all, is absorption. You know, when I take in nutrients and substances and liquids into my body, it's all about whether or not my body actually absorbs them. 
you know, I would think we all know out there from having probably had a long drinking night that if you take in enough, your body just tries to get rid of it, right? You might, what they call breaking the seal in my area, the first time on a drinking night, the fetch a pee. And it seems like as soon as you start peeing, you just keep, keep peeing, you know, like it's never ending. For some folks, they might end up puking. You know, their body is trying to get rid of something so much, it doesn't want to absorb it at all. It's just trying to eject it. And in those areas, we can tell the body is fighting absorption because it's trying to prevent it by getting rid of all that substance and waste. And this sometimes happens with cannabis. You know, a person takes in cannabis, maybe they're drinking a tincture, maybe they're dabbing, maybe they're rolling and bowling at some point. And the whole idea is, although I might be breathing it in or dosing it in down the gullet, how much of it is actually getting in my body? Because we know it's not, it can't be 100%. Nobody has perfect cellular absorption at all. It's always going to be sort of a percent of something. And in the same way, I'm looking at this PT star queen number 12, this great, this heavy mercine concentrate. And I can see that, you know, 6.5% mercine, that's got to be a lot. But will I actually get all of it? And the funny thing is, mercine is the exact terpene that deals with absorption. Biologically, when mercine mixes with other molecules, it takes on a special role. And so that role is helping. Think of mercine as the big helper terpene. And how does it help? Well, it's like a smuggler. It likes to smuggle molecules across the border. You know, this is probably touching on some recent political, I'm sure, thinking and speaking that we've heard uh, across the board, you know, with refugees, with the Mexican border in America. We're always talking about, you know, what it is to cross barriers. So mercine is like a smuggler. It's trying to take other molecules over the border, over the barriers in your body. So it tries to help absorb things. And although it does have a light smell to it and it's going to relax you a little bit on its own, when you have a big molecule with mercine, you know, mercine is only two isoprene units. It means it comes off. It's a top note, just like we mentioned in the terpene episode. And it's, it's very weak. That's why they call them volatile organic compounds because they're weak. You know, they're unstable. They release very easily. You just brush up against them. They fall off. And so mercine can move very easily into the body and around the body. It's just a small little molecule. Bigger molecules like THC, CBD, uh, you know, CBN, all these other cannabinoids that we've heard of, well, they're larger. You know, they have a bigger feature to them as far as molecules go. And so they're not going to really be able to pass between our barriers as well. And this is a huge part of studying cannabis because not only are we worried about what's in the product, but we're worried about whether or not I'm actually taking it in all the way. You know, if I have that drink, am I getting all of the alcohol in it or am I just getting a percentage? So let's say I have a room full of THC, right? That's my dose of the day. Got like 20 units of THC. And when I take them into my lungs, you know, I breathe in that hit. Mm. And I wonder, do I get all that THC every piece? Now, for those of you out there, I'm sure, who have sessioned with other people, it feels like maybe a quarter or a third of the actual dosing probably just wastes into the air, right? While you're passing the bowl, while you're microphone in that joint, uh, you're telling a long story, and it's just burning off. So we know I'm not getting necessarily 100% of even what I rolled or what I put in my dab. And then I think, well, what about what goes into my body? You know, what actually hits my lungs? Will I get 100% of at least what gets down in there? And no, of course you wouldn't, because your lungs don't touch every piece of air that you breathe in. It's not going to scrub it. So we know you probably get absorption based on the health of your lungs. The longer you use your lungs and use and abuse them, the less they function so well. You know, they lose efficiency. 
and then as we age, they also lose efficiency. So it's a never changing target. The thought being, if I take in a certain amount of THC or CBD or cannabis, am I really getting all of it? And no, you're not. But mercine, oh, sweet mercine will come in and it will try to get more of that cannabis to uptake into your system. It smuggles it across the brain blood barrier and tries to get it to the receptor sites itself. So most of the time, when we're reading terpene profiles, when we're thinking about the potency of cannabis, not only are we looking at the percentage of THC that's in the cannabis, you know, sort of the starting potency, but we're also looking at mercine to show a little bit of sedation, but also to help understand how efficient I might absorb all the great cannabis percentage that I see in my potency analysis. And so now that I know that it helps THC uptake, when I see mercine like in the Star Queen up in the 6.5 percentile, I know that's that might be a real heavy hitting strain because the cannabinoids as they come in are going to sort of have this lead goose, this mercine come in and help break it through the barrier of our bloodstream into our brain. And that way it can go and create a multitude of effects, you know, really give us what we're looking for. And in some cases it might, you know, give us too much, just like drinking on an empty stomach. If it uptakes too quickly, you might fall down. You might kind of feel like you are sleepy. And that is obviously by design in some way. You know, if I see a product that's high in mercine, my first thought is, man, that might hit really heavy. Dare I say, even sedate you because it's just going to really help all that THC uptake and probably maximize the benefit of that quick kind of, ooh, I feel really potentially euphoric or really tired. You know, it'll go with you. And this is something that I'm glad to see has had an effect well beyond the specific marijuana market. Uh, There's a friend of mine who had been hospitalized and went through like an acute surgery, you know, nothing too big. And they actually ended up dosing them with mercine when they left the hospital. And we might all think like, that's kind of weird. You know, they weren't giving them cannabis. Why would they give them mercine? Well, mercine's a big helper, right? It's a smuggler. So when they gave my friend opiates to sort of help with managing the pain as he was leaving the hospital, he was able to use the mercine as a pre-dose so that the opiates could also more efficiently uptake into his system. And what that means is I don't have to take a thousand milligrams of an opiate to get the 500 milligrams of effect, you know, as my body sort of rounds off and metabolizes some of it and some of it goes to waste. Instead, I can take a lower dosage and get the same amount of effect because I'm actually using more of those molecules, more things are arriving at the target site. You know, think of drinking water sometimes, you drink water, you pee it all out. So you're not really getting hydrated by it. And depending on how much water you drink, you might keep some of it in you with a couple sips or a cup. If you overwhelm your system with water, it'll become uncomfortable and you might start to have some of it go to your waste system. And this is exactly the same thing that happens with cannabis. If you take in enough, your body might try to let go of it and waste it, just like if you drink too much alcohol or too much water. But if mercine's present, it's going to help that uptake and it's most likely going to still give as much of an effect as it can, you know, given all the chemical players that we know are dancing together. Now, this actually brings us to a very interesting old wives' tale uh, concerning exactly what happens with mercine. So as I started working in the industry, I was talking to some scientists about this, and I'd heard that if you eat a mango, you know, within maybe an hour of when you're about to use cannabis, that it will hit you harder is what they told me. They're like, oh, mangoes, you know, it gets you wrecked. And I thought, how the hell does that make sense? Here's this mango, you know, they're usually sweet and delicious. But I don't see how that's going to get me higher. Like it isn't, a, it isn't cannabis. You know, mangoes never really got me high at any point in life. 
I feel like I wouldn't be able to buy them if that was the case. But the hack is with Myrcene. You see, mangoes have a relatively high content of Myrcene. Funny enough, as does thyme, hops, and cardamom, amongst you know other plant entities. But mangoes got a bunch. Thyme also, you know, up to sixty-five percent of the weight of thyme could be Myrcene. So you know, big smell coming off of that plant. But when you eat a mango, the Myrcene will absorb into your body before the cannabis and start to sort of prep where it's going. You know, think of when somebody's gonna play baseball. You know, or they're gonna have a soccer match. They manicure the field they make sure all the blades of grass are the same height it's like in golf generally in any big sport where there's grass involved they're going to make sure the playing surface is appropriate prepped for the landing and that's exactly what mercine will do it'll get your body ready for the game the game of thc being absorbed in so then an hour later now that you've had your digestion sort of take a pass at it maybe both passes at it and you have mercine starting to flood your system a little bit you take in that cannabis and not only does the potentially 0.2% mercine in the sour willy flower come in, but I'm now going to also have all this other mercine already active in my body, helping it smuggle across my borders, helping deliver these cannabinoids to my cannabinoid receptors and all the cellular sites that they're looking for. And that means I'm going to get more effect from the same dose. I might not have to use as much, so that's a nice way to sort of save some money during a pandemic. And I should be able to dictate a lot more nuance now that I know I can sort of synergize my cannabis with my food, you know, with certain other spice entities. That way, now I'm understanding why whenever I dose and whenever I use cannabis, why there happens to be this nuanced complexity to the situation. If you didn't know eating mangoes could affect your high, then you might have been just never eating mangoes or always eating mangoes and not realizing that that was a huge part of your experience. You know, in my mind, an informed decision is the best kind. So if I'm running low, if I'm scraping by the old seeds and stems, trying to pick through my ashtray and find a roach that'll just work, now I know, you know, when it's the last pinch of my head stash, if I eat a mango and wait a little bit, I can actually get like a full effect, you know, maybe even more of an effect than I thought from a small dose. And that might get me through, you know, a rough time or a dry spell. It might help me be able to budget manage or if cannabis doesn't seem like it was working as well for me or my tolerance is going up, now I got a great way of being able to help make everything more efficient and effective. And when things are more efficient and effective, we're going to be able to get to a much better headspace and keep it going, keep the cannabis still in frame. And on that, I'll leave you with just all those details on Mercine. You know, if you end up buying medical marijuana, uh, if you're still on the street game, now you'll understand why sometimes certain strains might just really smack you so hard they knock you out, and why some strains may just feel very light on the palate, even though they seem to smell great or advertise, you know, the effects seemingly uh, very brightly, you know, what we like to say is, is loud. We're like, oh man, that's, that, yo, that bag is loud. It means that it just smells up the room. And as a result, we know that if that smell is mercine and you can see it on your labs, you might know something more than you did before. And that is today's Daily Sesh. Thanks for joining me on the Cannabis Question podcast. Be sure to check out uh, the Instagram at the Cannabis Question if you want to see some of the labs I was talking about and a little bit of the pictures of the actual products that I'll be testing later to make sure the Mercine's working right. Outside of that, I look forward to being able to get you an episode next week. You know, I wanted to actually talk about vapes this week, but uh, the gentleman who I depend on, he's sort of like the vape specialist. Uh, his work schedule blew up on him a little bit, so I look forward to in the future being able to kind of go deep dive into the vape category. 
but uh, hopefully sooner than later, we're going to set up one of these episodes and it will be a little longer, but a uh, masterclass on dabbing. So look forward to that in the next month. Well, that should be it for today. And uh, until next time, I hope you all stay safe and medicated. Be well.